You're listening to episode 241 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. And here it is. After months of Rebecca writing in the showdown of who's going to be the better the better host oh is happening this week. We got together and we decided, well, let's, Sean and Kale, let's co-host their own episode. So this is a battle of the host. You're going to battle me? That's right. In fact, I better go ahead and do my, my intro for the show as well. Yeah, go ahead. You're tuned into the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. All right, so I'm going to critique you. Uh, no, hold on. That's for the audience. Oh, all right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Missed a couple words. Did I? Um. Yeah. Mm, sure did. You sure? Sure did. Yeah. Oh, please. I've been saying this for almost five years. I know the words. <laughs> I know the words. <laughs> At this point, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you guys can judge that. You can also judge uh, Kale and I's performance today as this week's dynamic duo. The other three... Decided not to show up for work today, so Kale and I have to do the heavy lifting, which is uh, frankly appropriate. as usual, right? Like yeah. you have to. We're really the ones that hold the show together. Absolutely, the other three, frankly, higher on uh, hanger ons, yeah, uh, if you will. So um, this should be fun. We actually have a lot to talk about. Uh, Jupiter's legacy with some unfortunate news over at Netflix. Uh, Dark Horse is going to be expanding into gaming. Uh, Marvel's made a couple of major series announcements with some surprise writers on board. And they also gave us our first look into the Inferno. So we're going to be doing a lot of chatting later on here in the news. But before we get into all that, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. If you want to help support us, there are many ways you can do that. While you're listening to this show right here, hit the like, rating, and review buttons. Uh, follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If that happens to be YouTube, make sure that you're hitting the subscribe button, sharing this video with your friends, and you can drop a comment right there on the bottom. Thank you guys who do so every single week. We've got a couple comments to read from you guys here in just a moment. Uh, if you want to hang out with us, join our Discord server. Come hang out with us. I said it last week. I gave a uh, an impassioned speech about why our Discord server is so awesome. So uh, hopefully that sold you on the quality of our server. Um, if you want to see for yourself, click the link in the description. It is working now. So if you tried to join our Discord server last week and you found that the link wasn't working, it is working now. So click that. Come hang out with us. Uh... As far as book clubs, speaking of Jupiter's Legacy, uh, our book club on that is out now. So go check that out if you haven't had the opportunity to do so. And there's an entire backlog of great books that we've done already. Take the Comics Pals Challenge. I defy you to look at that list of book clubs and not find a book that you like. If you do not find a book you like, write in, let me know. And we will put your choice, your book club pick, up to the top of our list of listener picks. So, Kale, you want to you take a stab at what I just did? 
You can follow the Comics Pals on Twitter and Instagram at the Comics Pals. Guys, we have book clubs. We have book clubs out the wazoo. If you don't like our book clubs, Sean, right? We have so many book clubs. We've done the classics, right? We've got uh, Watchmen. We did a Watchmen one. We even did Mouse. Uh, we've done the incredible indie book Hicksville. And, um, wow, this is boring. Oh, I put a little personality into it, so it's boring. Yeah, okay. All right. I guess we'd better just go on with the show, huh? A little personality for you. Uh, That's all I have so, is a little personality. I, I feel you, man. Uh, speaking of which, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, make yourself useful and I better read go ahead and just read the comments. YouTube comments. There you go. Uh, so on uh, episode 240, Kilgore Trout wrote in and said, uh, No Craven? Ugh, that's a mistake. I assume yep. that's in reference to Craven not being included in the Sinister Six. Yep, absolutely. We agree. I agree. You're going to find that we indeed agree. I, I'm glad someone agrees with me, Kilgore Trout yep. says. Mm-hmm. I've never had anybody agree with me, so I don't. Can't imagine what that feels like. Uh, finally, he says, uh, if they do a Craven movie, it should be Craven's Last Hunt with Spider-Man or nothing at all. Uh, again, I agree. I don't know that that needs to be a Craven movie necessarily. I think you do that as a Spider-Man film. Um, but uh, if there go- if there ha- if there have to- if there has to be a Craven movie, then. I do think it should include his one major storyline. Yeah, yeah, sure. I can't even think of another Craven storyline. Uh, the only the only other one that that comes up is when they did it again with uh, was it was it Dan Slott? Um, in the big time era, they they brought Craven back and they did you know like a redo of that. Um, oh yeah, with his daughter or something, Craven's daughter. I think his- daughter was involved um yeah i don't remember that was a long time ago but i just remember that it was like craven's i believe it was like craven's return yeah um so yeah uh thanks for writing in uh we also got a comment on our x-men 20 review uh this is from grayson red he says issue 20 was nuts fuck them humans though lol hashtag krakoa (laughs) over everything <laughs> I'm gonna assume that uh, Grayson is referring to the conversation that we kind of had on the show about, uh, you know, the the mutant versus human Cold War that's been going on. I guess it's not that cold. There were some bodies, mm. um, but you know, it's it's something that's been behind the scenes of you know the X Men book uh, since it kind of came out and. I said, I have said since the House and Powers reviews that I think that, you know, at least it's worth considering that maybe the mutants aren't exactly the good guys in, in this scenario. And I think, you know, when you're talking about, like, the forward-facing story of the mutants trying to stop the human collective called Orcus from killing them from developing what's going to kill them yeah obviously if you look at it just like that then the mutants are objectively good they're fighting for their own survival um against a group that is 
trying actively to, you know, make them extinct. But I don't think that's the only thing that's going on. I think you have to look at what Professor Xavier and Magneto are doing. When you talk about survival, I mean, the, the humans are trying to survive. They're doing it the way they know how. They also don't have powers. So I don't think it's as simple as mutants good, humans bad. Although, you know, I I obviously love the mutants and want to see them not die out, right? Mm, yeah, it sounds like Grayson has picked a side. Indeed. Uh Thank you, though, both of you for writing in. Uh, Kilgore and Grayson, very regular uh, commenters on our YouTube page. So we really appreciate it. Um, if you guys want to join the chorus of conversation, uh, make sure you guys are heading over to YouTube or the gmail.com to, uh, to chat with us. Um, you know, Kale, I wanted to, um, wanted to shift gears a little bit because. Every now and then, I go on Twitter, and you know, Ooh, why? Uh, last uh, why you know I don't know why. Last week, I ranted about social media and how awful it is. Yeah, and uh, then I went on social media. So while I was there, I found a conversation about Batman. If you can believe that, people still talking about that character. The Batman, right? The Batman. Uh, yeah, that one, the mm. Batman. Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne. Hmm. That's my theory. Of course, nobody knows. I mean. Have you ever seen Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same place? Listen, that's that's what I'm basing it off of. But So, uh, people took to Twitter to talk about the wealth of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Ah, oh, yes. This old, tired, beaten conversation. This old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we haven't spoken about it in a while on the show. So I thought, you know, we'd read some of these comments and, uh, well, say why people are wrong. Uh, <laughs> so this first comment comes from Jonalog. And thanks, comicbook.com, by the way, for um, putting all these comments together. Uh, Jonalog said... I thought Bruce Wayne was a philanthropist. Like, I know real-world philanthropists don't do as much as you'd hope, but neither do real-world vigilantes, so I assume fictional philanthropy counts. Well, Great point. Uh, I guess this dude is waiting for the Bruce Wayne philanthropist miniseries to come out. There's, I, and I think I bring this up every time this conversation comes up. After... I think I think it was after uh, Bruce Wayne was framed for murder. Bruce Wayne fugitive, right? Yes, I think this, I think this must be like volume two or something. Um, there, there is that whole issue where he goes through and just does cool shit for people. Um, it's there. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like you you routinely see that side of Bruce Wayne. I just had someone related. I just had someone uh, bring up how they never address in the comics what happens with Spider-Man's webs uh, every time he, uh, you know, swings around, and it's like uh, they dissolve in, in an hour. Like that's basic comics knowledge. Come on. I feel like that. I feel like I read that in the Stan Lee run. Oh, see, I think uh, Bendis was, for me, uh, that's where okay. that was. May maybe it was, I mean, I would imagine it was Stanley that 
put that out there, but I'm pretty like even if it wasn't, I have a good feeling that someone before Bendis yeah. had to have addressed that. Because that, that 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 comment, that question would have existed since way back then, right? Um but uh, moving on, uh, someone said, I find it so funny that Bruce Wayne is always the billionaire of comics that gets attacked for the way he uses his money when Tony Stark is a literal war criminal, but go off, I guess. Now this one, I find some points in. Go for it. I mean, Stark Industries makes weapons that yeah. have been used against people. My man's a war criminal. <laughs> that said, yeah. what does Wayne Industries do? Uh, Wayne Industries does a whole lot of nothing, man. <laughs> because Thomas Wayne was a doctor, right? Like, what does a doctor need with an industry? <laughs> yeah, I think they have their hands in, like, a lot of different random stuff. Yeah. Um, But it, I, I can't think of, like, a, a concrete example of what Wayne Industries does. Um... So this one, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you will find yourself in as well. Uh, billionaires should be vilified, not glamorized, and him being the richest man in the world shouldn't be seen as a positive. I get the whole quote, but he uses his riches to make Gotham better thing, but that's just not how the world works. I mean, it is a comic book. He's a fictional character. I don't know. I have to say, uh, you know, the world also doesn't work in the way that you can dress up as a bat and uh, <laughs> use your billions of dollars to beat up people. Um, you also can't get bit by a radioactive spider and swing around the city. You know, they've got a literal robot doing that at the Avengers campus over in Disneyland. Is it, was that a robot? I thought it was an actor. Well, there's there's an actor who's doing who looks you know re- really slow and weird. Yeah. Um, but he's like I don't I don't even know what the actor does, but there's a robot that does all the cool stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I got to make my way over there. But yeah, just a lot of comments like this. I think I think it's weird that people. Um, that people take this stance, like this, this comment, the biggest thing Bruce Wayne could do to help society is not be a billionaire anymore. It doesn't matter what he does with the money. The fact remains that he makes money that, that he makes that money by exploiting the poor and working class people of society. Okay. So in real life, right, you can point to concrete examples of billionaires exploiting their workers, right? Like, we all understand what Jeff Bezos does at Amazon. Elon Musk sucks. We get it. What example can you cite of Bruce Wayne, a fictional person, exploiting his workers? What are you talking about? Because, again, we still don't know what Wayne Industries does. (laughs) Yeah, we we really don't. Like, I'm not sure. And I read Batman. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. I'm not clear on that. Uh, Bruce Wayne is not real. He's a fictional character who doesn't have to be held to the standards of real billionaires. It's just not the way it works. Um, you know, he's not a bad guy. That's the point of Bruce Wayne. He's a good person. Mm. And also, he uses his wealth to benefit society. We've seen that countless times. Batman is a product of that wealth. How does Batman not help society? Does Batman beat up? Criminals, yes, absolutely. 
Are some of those criminals poor people? Yeah. Being poor doesn't make it cool to do crime. It's That's the way it works. He beats up rich people, too, to be fair. He beats up rich people, too. <laughs> he beats up people who create and, and, and prop, uh, profit off of the systems that keep people poor. So Batman is trying to break those systems down. But as, as we've seen since Batman was created in, what, 1940? It's kind of hard to stamp out crime in Gotham. Sorry. The fact that it's been going since 1940 is really, that's the structural problem. (laughs) I think the thing with this conversation, and this just occurred to me, is that when Batman was originally created, Mm. it probably, like, being a doctor would probably get you enough money to be wealthy. Yeah. And, And it, like, within, like, the it would be within like the possibilities that you could put on a funny costume and go beat people up without all sorts of crazy technology maybe you have an extra car um but the, the what makes it crazy is as as time has gone on and things have changed is they've had to like build his wealth and and figure out how he gets more things to make him cooler and that's why like wayne industries is like who knows what it is oh but yeah thomas wayne's still a doctor it's fine yeah sure why not um i i I feel like uh the the nolan movies did a great job of showing not necessarily what Wayne Industries does, because I don't think you see what Wayne Industries actually does, even in those movies. Um, I mean, they built the 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 railways in Batman Begins. Um, I mean, they oh, didn't yeah, build okay. them in the movie, but you you that's you learn that's who built it. Yeah. Um, but you don't really know how they profit off of any of that. Yeah, don't don't they make uh weapons in that too? But they have like a special weapons R&D division and that's how he gets the the tumbler and the uh the cell phone thing. Yeah, there's an R&D division um that does do those things. But I don't remember if that was what was happened. I think cuz there was a time when Thomas Wayne was dead and Bruce was not in charge of Wayne Industries. Mm. And during that time I think is when they did all of that. I don't know what Bruce's involvement was because he wasn't he wasn't the CEO, right? Right. So, right. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it's a silly it's a silly thing to talk about. Um, I think it's weird that people make this point about Bruce Wayne, um, and I wish they would stop. I don't really like the whole "what if these characters were real" conversation that comes up. Um, it just doesn't work. It's it's not. It's not one to one, like yeah. But uh, we've got some pals pulls for you guys. Uh, Kale this week chose DC Pride number one. Yeah, so this is the uh, LGBTQ uh, Pride anthology. Uh, DC is um, putting out with a bunch of uh, LGBT. Oh, I di- I didn't put enough. Um, initials in there lgbtqia plus there you go um uh put together an anthology with a bunch of lgbtqia uh creators and characters and um frankly the lineup 
on all of this is dope. Yeah, uh, the ones are... the ones I'm specifically looking forward to are uh, uh, Dreamer by Nicole Maines and Rachel Stott. Rachel Stott is one of my favorite creators uh, that's come from Titan. She worked on Do- Doctor Who and really built her career from there. And Man, she's incredible. Also an amazing Twitter follow. If you can find her on Twitter, top notch. Uh, but Nicole, but why? She's just, she's all over the place, man. She posts her art. Uh, she's really funny. She's a really funny person, too. Uh, but uh, she's also really pretty. And, you know, you can't. Uh, but Nicole Maines, Nicole Maines uh, plays the character of Dreamer on Supergirl. And okay. Nicole Maines herself is a trans woman, and she plays a trans woman in the uh in the show and she's writing this story um and this will be like the first time that whole world has crossed over and this character is going to be in dc proper i i guess huh uh so really excited about that i think that's really cool uh there's going to be a renee montoya story by vita ayala and skylar partridge patridge and then a Pied Piper by Sina Grace and uh, friends of the show, Rose Stein and Ted Brandt. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. So really, uh, really pumped for, for all of those. I'm really pumped for all of these stories, but those are the three that uh, I'm really into. Yeah. You know, um, I got to tell you, a good book to come out during Pride Month, um, you know, would have been a book like uh, JLQ. Gotta say, Justice League Queer sounds like a great book to come out during Pride Month. Shame nobody in the uh, in the uh, 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 the bracket wanted it. No, nope. they wanted a seventh Suicide Squad book instead, or a Robin's book, a millionth Robin's book. Yep. Too bad. Uh, I, for myself, chose Eve number two. Uh, those of you who tune into our image reviews will know, or I'm sorry, uh, that was a boom book, right? Uh, those of you who tune into our reviews, whatever company put the book out, uh, will recall that I really enjoyed Eve number one. Um, it was by uh, Victor Laval. Uh, he wrote it. Um, the artist's name is escaping me at the moment, but um, that was Victor's first turn as a comic book writer, and it was excellent. It was really, really strong stuff. And uh, I can't wait for the second issue. A really interesting concept, too. Uh, It's about a girl who, you know, is basically raised by a a robot, like a simi. She's raised in a simulation, basically, Mm. Mm. uh, in preparation for her responsibility to save the world from climate change. Uh, And it's a lot better than what I just told you. Uh, She and her robot. Pet ro- her robot teddy bear yeah. have to go out into the world and uh, save it. So it's really cool. I highly recommend it. And this is only the second issue, so it's not far along enough that you would be lost. So definitely pick it up. Yeah the 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 forward plot is that she has to go plant trees across America. I think something yeah. like that. Just so, something Johnny Appleseed her way across America. Yeah. Uh, 
Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you sell me on a talking animal anytime. Um, I also chose X-Men 21. Somehow, we're getting another X-Men issue uh, already. This is, mm. uh, you know, the second one in a month's time. Uh, I'm really excited. Really, really excited for this. Um, the... The Pride variant has Mystique on the cover. I I do hope that that's a, a continuation in some way of the story of 20. Hmm. But if she's just a variant for Pride, like, it might not be. If, oh, it very well might not be. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it wasn't. But Russell Dodderman is on art this issue. He... Just did Marauders this week, didn't he? Is that who? Daughterman, no. Is that that's not who that was? No, that well, was. Uh, it's gonna be same hot. creative team actually. Hot fire then. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Uh, the the uh, synopsis says it's a changing of the guard as the first X Men team of Krakoa debuts. One era ends as a new one begins, and the handoff happens here. Okay, so nothing Mystique related in that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she's behind the scenes doing stuff, but that's exciting in and of itself. I do want to see how they introduce this new X-Men team and mm. what their, I guess, what their mission statement is in the pages. You know, we understand generally what the X-Men are, uh, but we don't know what they are in Krakoa era because this X-Men book has not really been about an X-Men team so far. So, yeah, so it seems like it'll just be a continuation of the Hellfire Gal. Yeah, which is unfolding in a really interesting way. Uh, if you have read Marauders 21, then you know that uh, the story kind of kicks off there. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not it's not going to be told in a linear fashion. That's pretty clear based on that issue. We won't go into that anymore here. Definitely do check out our review of Marauders 21. Uh, we reviewed that this week. Alongside uh, Basilisk, number one. Nice House on the Lake, number one. And Swamp Thing, number four. Uh, so some good stuff for you guys to check out review-wise. Speaking of... Well, I was going to say speaking of things we like, but I guess that's not necessarily true. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy has been canceled... By Netflix. If we liked it, it would have stayed on. You're right. I liked it. I liked the first episode anyway. Uh, I'm up to four, and it got a lot better than the first episode. Oh, wow. You kept watching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I decided, I, I only did the first episode uh, because we were reviewing it, and then because it all dropped, I got to do my uh, non-committal uh, watch it whenever I feel like it. Yeah. And uh, that's how I prefer to watch TV. And um, yeah, uh, it, it got a lot better after after the first episode. I figured it would. Um, I was a fan of the first episode, so maybe I should go back and watch the whole thing. I guess now there's really not a point to it because it won't be uh, going forward. Netflix has decided to cancel the show, even though they don't necessarily use the the phrase cancel mm. uh, in their in their statement. Um, Mark Millar, ever the spin man. This dude is 
<laughs> the quintessential car salesman of comic books. He he just he just is. That's that is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so he said um in a in what appears to be a a deleted tweet, um he said, I'm really proud of what the team achieved with Jupiter's legacy and the amazing work everyone did on that origin season. I've been asked a lot about what we're planning next with this world, and the answer is to see what the supervillains are getting up to. I've always loved crime stories from Scorsese to Tarantino, and the supervillains are always the most fun part of any superhero story. To do something exclusively focused on the villains they fight just feels incredibly fresh as we explore what it's like to be a bad guy in a world crawling with good guys who want to put you in jail. So, Millar is referring to super crooks there. Um, so he says, Jupiter's legacy is a vast and rich space with lots of characters to mine. And so I'm happy to share that our next step here is a live action version of the super crooks comic I created with O'Neill Francis U a few years back. Given where we're going next, we've made the tough call of letting our incredible cast out of their show commitment as we continue to thoughtfully develop all the realms of Jupiter's Legacy Saga. We're confident we'll return to it later and just want to say thanks to you guys for your continued support and to the cast and crew who made this look so great. Come on. You're Why? letting the cast go of their contracts. <laughs> you know, because they want to take it in a different direction. They want to explore the villains, actually. That's so funny. I, that seems like a very Mark Millar, uh, I, if not reasoning, statement for reasoning. Right. There's no chance on earth that you let... Because Joshua Mel still acts a lot. You know, he's still out there. So I, you don't let that guy go of his contract thinking, what, he's going to be hanging around waiting for your phone call three years from now? It's ridiculous. Uh, it's not. It's not going to happen. There's not going to be a return to this. Um, the idea that they're going down the super crooks road as a result of this first season being done is ridiculous. I'm sure that that was already something that Netflix wanted to do, and now they are mm-hmm. committed to having to do it. They probably don't want to. Um, and and it makes the relationship between Mark Millar and Netflix look bad because the first at bat didn't go anywhere i man it it does suck because like if they and and this is all based on uh speculation of the the stuff that's been talked about in our discord um like i say neither of us have finished it but it sounds like the first season wasn't necessarily complete as a first season um so like that sucks the like imagine if the if the first volume of the comic book wasn't finished yeah like that would uh, that would drive drive me crazy i totally agree i think it's pretty easy to see based on the trailers and based on the um the way that the comic book is done, it's, it's easy to see how you could do that story wrong. The mm. trailers suggest that there's a lot of getting into the history of the older characters and stuff like that when the main book doesn't even really do all that. Um, it does it to a degree, but mostly it's focused on the story at hand. 
Um, and then you get into Jupiter's circle, and that's where you see a lot more of the the history of the characters. And I think that the the main comic could have used slightly more history, but it's better for focusing on the present. I absolutely yeah. think that. Yeah. And I think that the show probably thought, well, we have the benefit of actors like Josh Duhamel and all these other and Rachel um, uh, Rachel Bilson. And these other actors, we should, you know, focus on them and utilize the fact that we have these these actors here. And that's what that's what you run into, right? When you hire actors of that caliber, I guess, you know, at least in terms of recognition for roles that are not that major in this in the story. You know, you're going to that's going to happen and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's a, it really it's. It's quite a shame. I think this could have been a really good example of a, a, a superhero world that's not connected to Marvel or DC that could have really stood the test, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It has the the opportunity to be more thoughtful than the comic book was. I got that out of the very first episode. I don't know if it continues that, but... Definitely felt like the first episode was more uh, cognizant of the actually interesting parts of its own story and was leaning into those, Um, whereas the book kind of glosses over certain things. But check this out, because this is crazy. This blew my mind, right? So the Hollywood Reporter uh, said that this season, this eight-episode season cost... Roughly $200 million to produce. Okay. Did you read this article already? No. I'm, I'm, okay, I've cool. got it open don't, next to me. Don't, don't, don't read any further. Do you know, did you see numbers? Uh, I, yes. Don't look at it. Uh, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to host the show. Do you mind? Oh, you're, you're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. The Flash, 22 episodes, cost $75 million. Okay, Sean. What in Jupiter's legacy could have possibly cost so much? <laughs> the wire work in that first fight, dude. Like the like the costumes, the foam they use on the 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 blue powder that's drugs a little bit later know. on, like <laughs> I don't know, like my question is: Are the are the actors' uh, salaries baked into that at all? Because gotta be. That's huge. That's a lot of money. Like, how is it? Po- look, the Flash on CW don't look that good, right? Um, Jupiter's Legacy didn't look that much better. Like, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I see where the two hundred million dollars went. Like, those costumes yep. weren't like they looked. They look. I'll say this: They looked authentic to. The book, yeah, but they didn't look. I don't know. There was a. They looked a little bit cheap. They looked slightly cheap. Okay, two hundred million dollars. This this could be my bias showing, but frankly, I like the Flash better. Okay, well, you. I mean, listen, <laughs> you. I don't know, dude. I don't see how. I don't see how you could have two hundred million dollars worth of budget. And not get a second season. And not get a second season. Yeah, like that's rough. 
Iron Fist got a second season. Oh, that's okay. That is the most indicting thing about this. They greenlit an Iron Fist second season. Yeah. And a spinoff. Yeah. And Jupiter's Legacy got one season and maybe a spinoff. <laughs> What's that budget going to look like, by the way, for the Super Crooks spinoff? Because you threw all, you, you, you pulled up the Brinks truck for Jupiter's Legacy. It fails. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's really bad. And I understand, you know, a lot of people don't like Rotten Tomatoes. They don't want to go by that. Okay, fine. Whatever. The consensus among people, internet people at least, seems to be that the show's not very good. It is what it is. Sorry. Can't can't help you there. Um and 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 so all this negative press, do you really think they're gonna sh- they're gonna throw two hundred million dollars, even close to that? At Super Crooks? You want to talk about a show that looks like The Flash. That's going to be Super Crooks. <laughs> like, yeah. Ain't going to be... It is probably not even going to be half. It might It might be half. I'll be fair. It might be half. It is Netflix. Yeah. And, and they've got that long-standing deal with Mark Millar or whatever in Miller World. But... Yeah. Boy. It's going to have to be good. It's going to have to be better than good. It's going to have to light. Netflix on fire because again you know I I feel like of all the creators that I can think of right right in this exact moment uh Mark Miller is very 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 good for this type of deal I really do believe that he has so many different um characters and and stories that he's created uh over his very long career and he owns all of it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Malar World stuff he owns. So Netflix made a smart decision and scooped him up. And somehow they failed with Jupiter's Legacy. And we haven't seen anything else. There's so much there. Where's I feel like where's Nemesis? Nemesis would be a great one. Sure. Um, can he do? Can they do something with Wanted? I I, I mean, no, I know the movie was eh, but oh, interesting. Yeah, you could do something there. And Kingsman is still uh, that's a franchise that's still kicking somehow. King, yeah, Kingsman. Uh, the movies. I don't know if he's allowed to do anything with that because they they do have the the movies that that they make. But you know, I just feel like there's so much to this guy and his stories that launching with Jupiter's Legacy, fine. But get it right. Get it right. I don't know. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up because I I thought it was interesting was uh, Viltrum Warrior in the Discord. He he keeps up with this stuff really uh, intensely. He brought up that uh, the showrunner for the show left. Yeah. I um... think mid-season. What's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but we talked about him. We talked about him. Stephen DeKnight. Stephen DeKnight, yeah. Stephen S. DeKnight. He is yeah. super talented. Left the show halfway through production. And I guess that's just not been talked about. I mean, I'm sure someone's talked about it, but I haven't seen it floating around anywhere as like, you know, a possible like reason that 
you know, the stuff isn't sticking. That's, that is entirely possible. Um, I, I, I mean, he was involved in, uh, Daredevil, um, you know, he, he's, he's made the rounds and clearly he has a good relationship with Netflix enough for them to bring him back for this. The fact that he left halfway through the season, not a good omen. Showrunners don't do that, uh, for any good reason, typically. So, uh, but where one show ends, another one begins. Uh, Hulu made the announcement. Huh. FX and Hulu, I guess, made the announcement that Why the Last Man is going to be coming to our television sets and streaming uh, September 13th. Absolutely wild. Yeah. This uh, announcement has been cooking for uh, since Why the Last Man premiered, uh, came out um, so many years ago. (laughs) Like... It's it's one it and um, uh, Bendis's powers, yeah, have been like cooking for ever. Powers powers is done. Powers, yeah, oh yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got yeah. two seasons on the PlayStation Network. God, that was. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it because it was on PlayStation. I didn't even know. I didn't even. I I own all the Playstations. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know where to watch. Where do you watch original programming on PlayStation? <laughs> I think fig- I don't know. Somehow I figured it out and I watched it. Oh, I liked okay. it. Um, anyway, this is Buck Wild. Yeah, uh, we've talked several times about the Why the Last Man show. Uh, and, you know, it's all the things that have gone on with it over the last few years. Uh, for us to finally have a release date for it is pretty cool. I've actually never read the, the comic. I know that's a sin. I own the whole thing. I just haven't, I haven't read it for whatever reason. So I guess this gives me an excuse to do that. Yeah, I've read maybe half of it. Okay. Uh, I, I had a friend that owned it and I picked it up and plowed through it one time when I was at his house. Um, should we do a book club? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so in the announcement, they say, Why the Last Man traverses an apocalyptic world in which a cataclysmic event decimates every mammal with a Y chromosome, but for one cisgender man and his pet monkey. Why, uh, why the need to say he's cisgender? He's a man. Uh, uh, my, uh, my assumption is that he, that, that doesn't include trans men. So I, 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 and, and this is just me coming off that. My assumption would be that this, in this more modern take on the, on the story, maybe trans men, because they don't have the you know, quote unquote, uh, oh, uh, and this—I don't know the science behind this. Oh. This is just me speculating. Trans men don't necessarily have the Y with the Y chromosome. They would still be alive. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're pro- you're probably right about that. That'll be um, interesting to see how they <laughs> tackle that. I guess, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I would touch that. And I'm not going to touch it now. Uh, <laughs> instead, we're going to move forward and we're going to talk about Dark Horse expanding into gaming. 
So this is not the video game pals, rest in peace. Uh, but and Pete's not even here. But I can talk about some games. Kale, he can talk about some games. Kale, don't you play video games? I've been known to have a Game Boy or two. Yeah, see, there you go. I got a PlayStation Five box right behind me. Peep that. Uh, so Dark Horse is going to be launching Dark Horse games, uh, and they're going to work with various developers, different teams, to uh, make titles for their various series that they've created over the last 30-plus years. Uh, So Hellboy is one, Sin City, 300, Umbrella Academy, Usagi Ojimbo, um, they've got, you know, they've, they've got some titles. I mean, once after I say those names, it kind of falls off, right? Like in this announcement, they've got Polar. I don't know what that is. Lady Killer. I think I've heard of it. And Emily the Strange and Resident Alien. So, you know, okay, fine. They don't have, you know, it's not Marvel, right? But Right. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I think the idea is like, okay, we got a bunch of game de- developers and gave them all of our IP and said, Go see what you can do about this. Right. Yeah. Although, uh, so, go ahead. And Usagi Yojimbo in the style of um, 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 Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. I'll go pick up a PS5 for that. Don't even think. <laughs> Just for that. Hell yeah. Well, l- let me ask you this. That that one aside, because obviously you've got an idea. And, and maybe that just answers the question. But do you think that these... Uh, titles lend themselves well to video games. Uh, they could. I think a Hellboy could, a Sin City could. Three hundred, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Uh, the Umbrella Academy is another hard maybe. Um, but yeah, the rest. I mean, you would. I think it would be a case by case basis for sure. Right. I I think a 300 game could work. Uh, I would love to see... I'm a huge fan of Dynasty Warriors. I would love to see a 300 game in the style of Dynasty Warriors. Because in Dynasty Warriors, it's you and maybe, you know, whoever you're playing with, co-op. And, you know, in the the grander scheme, your army versus, like, a ton of... Of a horde of enemies on the other end. Is it one of those games where they the enemies just come at you and you have to just the the point of the game is that you just have to kill them all? More or less. Uh, mostly, you get you get put on a map with an objective that is just kill this person. Don't let this person die. Type of oh, thing. Right. Okay. Um, I I, I'm, and, I'm picturing Hy- Hyrule Warriors. Was similar thing, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. So that would be how I, you know, I would think that that would make sense. uh, Because 300 is about, you know, 300 guys against a horde of, uh, you know, enemies and somehow they win. Right, you could do that. No, they don't win. Something like that. Oh, they don't win, okay. No, they very don't. (laughs) Oh, I, I, you know, I saw the movie. I think I saw the movie, but I don't really remember it. Um, It's also history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know too much about that either. Uh, this is cool. I think I think Dark Horse does have um, 
enough to get started in this realm. And I think, you know, look, I personally learned about a lot of superheroes that I might not otherwise have known, at least at an early age, through video games. Uh, Certainly my first time seeing Vision was in a video game. Uh, My first time seeing, like, Iron Man was probably in, in a video game. Um, lots of those characters I learned from video games. So this is a great way to connect with people who wouldn't otherwise see your stuff. And unfortunately, Sin City and 300, um, I, I'm sure most people who saw those movies did not realize they were watching comic book movies, especially back then. Cause at that time, you know, studios were not proud of the fact that, that they were making a comic book movie nowadays, that information would be plentiful. Um, shoot, there's probably people who don't know Hellboy's a comic book character that saw those movies. It's just you know the the way these the way these things work. So ha- having video games based on them, being able to put that Dark Horse um, logo in there, you know maybe do something to to make people aware that these are these are comic book characters. That's great for Dark Horse. Um. And, uh, and yeah, maybe they can take another at-bat with Hellboy in the film world. I, I know the last one was kind of, it didn't do so hot, but, you know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, We shall see. We'll see. Uh, so, Danai Guerrera, I believe that's how you say her name, she plays Okoye. She's getting her own Disney Plus series. Good for her. Make that bank. For Koye. I I am I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Obviously the Dormelage really hit. Mm. I don't think that's disputable. You know, people love the Dormelage. And they are interesting. The movies don't I mean, they're not the focus of the movies, right? Yeah. Of course, but they're interesting in their own right. We saw Ao appear in uh, or Io appear on uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and that was cool. That was something that yeah, that was something that really popped for people. Yep. So a show, presumably Okoye is not the only Dora Milaje who's going to appear on the show. Yep. Um, I think that's that's you know pretty safe to say. Um, we see that she she go they get around they mm. get around. So the show doesn't even necessarily have to be. Uh, exclusive to Wakanda, but it it's gonna you know it's gonna feature Wakandans and and more Wakanda is definitely up there. You know I'm I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, yeah, with I mean, and you have to imagine that this will um, bridge the gap between Black Panther and the uh, the upcoming uh, Wakanda film, the Wakanda Forever film. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the downside to this. Mm. So I don't know how you can do this show without ever, ever acknowledging the Black Panther in any shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem because if she acknowledges Black Panther in the sense of he's alive – that's going to cause a lot of potential pain or weirdness for people. But if she has to acknowledge that he's dead, how? 
why, where, why are we not watching that instead of this, right? That you're telling me about something I'd rather be watching. No matter how good the show is, everyone's going to be thinking about Black Panther while they're watching this. And that's not what we should be thinking about. Um, I guess we don't... Okay, to be fair, right? We don't, we don't actually know that this show will come out before Wakanda Forever. Yeah, that's fair. The fact that they're announcing it now... And Wakanda Forever is supposed to drop July 8th, 2022. Next I believe it will be delayed. But mm. uh, let's say it did drop that day. I highly doubt they get this out before that. Mm. Highly doubt it. So maybe that's how they play it off? How they play uh, play off the exclusion of Black Panther? Right. That by yeah. the time this show actually releases, that question will already have been dealt with. Mm. And she'll be on to new adventures. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, to yeah, to a degree. I guess my thought could be, you know, um, this might this would be a, a decent way to sort of deal with, I don't know, the death of of T'Challa or whatever, whatever you know their plan is, um, and then do whatever they're going to do in Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Um, to you know, bridge the gap, make that narrative sort of make sense for all the characters involved. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, either way, either way, I'm interested. I think that Denai is a, a very strong actor. I really liked her uh, as Michonne in The Walking Dead, and I think she's done a great job with this character. Uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The fact that there's a show tells me that she's committed to continuing to play this character. I'm excited about that as well. So more Wakanda is better in my book. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are a lot a lot worse ideas for shows that have, <laughs> that have come out and popped off at this point. So Yeah. <laughs> You're not kidding about that. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if it'll get a second season. Uh, unlike Jupiter's Legacy, <laughs> I, I I just I'm I'm blown away. I gotta say I'm blown away by the fact that that didn't get a second season. I thought it was like a wrap. I thought it was guaranteed. Yeah, what's wild to me is that <laughs> I was confused by the wording. Like Mark Millar sold me, I guess because I'm dumb. Like he, he, you know, he said, no, 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 it's not canceled. We're just, you know, we're just pivoting. But everybody else is saying it's canceled. We're just releasing the actors from their contracts. You know, that thing you do when something's not canceled. Right. I, you have you have actors in the MCU under contract who probably haven't appeared in an MCU movie in 10 years. Yep. And it... Let me ask you this question because this is this this uh, this could be relevant. Hugo Weaving physically played the Red Skull, right? Sure. Okay. So I just read an interview with him the other day where he talked about how he actually had fun doing uh, the uh, the OG Cat movie, and that he would have played the character again. He had no problems with that, but that 
when they went to negotiate for an appearance as the Red Skull in Avengers, he said Avengers. He didn't clarify which one it was, but you'll understand why I think he was talking about Endgame in a moment. He said that they they had changed the the money amount that he was supposed to be paid for a, an appearance as the character in any future film because it was just a voice role. So that makes that leads me to believe that that's that it, it was an endgame because in endgame he's like a you know a ghost almost or whatever he's yeah. not physically present. So yeah. um, if that's the case, if I'm right, then that means that they had no plans for that character for almost almost ten years. They didn't use him, and they still had him under contract to come back as the Red Skull. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i would imagine on some level unless you're just let go you know like uh uh the guy that played um roadie oh yes terrence howard terrence howard thank you um i i would imagine that you know there's all there's got to be the possibility you've got to keep that open yeah absolutely uh so just that Please read between the Mark Millar lies. You know he's got to do it. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about Marvel. They actually they actually announced a pair of series this week, and they were teasing and playing games with us last week about um, you know uh, uh, Rom V and uh, Donny Cates uh, and Ryan Otley were involved in like a weird manufactured conversation on Twitter. It was very odd. Um, and uh, they were kind of teasing an announcement. Uh, and and we finally know what those announcements are. Um, so, so, so last week, uh, <laughs> Donnie Cates said, man, I'm having so much fun on this new Marvel book I'm writing. I'm doing. I can't wait anymore. I know Marvel don't like this, but... I'm just going to go ahead and announce it next week. Like, like he's like he's got that type of clout. He's just gonna announce a Marvel book by himself. Uh, Ryan Otley said, "I doubt Marvel would be m- more mad if you just announced it now compared to next week." Just tell him, Donnie. Uh, and and it, it went on from there. Uh, Brian Hitch jumped in. He said, "Announcements, you say next week." Funny, Al Ewing, Brian Hit. Uh, okay, I see. Uh, this is CB Sabolski that said this. Funny, Al Ewing, Brian Hitch, and I have something big on the way too. Then Brian Hitch said that thing. Nobody will want to know about that. Who wants a story that epic, cool, and fun? Grab some popcorn, chaps. Let's watch the internet explode. First of all, okay, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> please. It's like when CB Sabolski said that the uh, that. Marvel was gonna was gonna do a book that was gonna sell a million copies in what year was that in 2018 2019 did that happen no uh, the internet's not gonna explode I don't care what they announced if they announced Rom V and Brian Hitch on Superman and Marvel I don't think the internet would explode okay maybe it would that might do it <laughs> it might but in any event uh, the Donny Cates announcement Ryan Otley announcement. Hulk. Hooray. They're going to be working on the new Hulk relaunch alongside Frank Martin. Good. Pretty cool. 
great. Uh, we did get a cover, and we got a uh, an interior page. The interior page is very good. It's right My now. God, yeah. My God. We read we read Invincible for a book club, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, you know, this art's pretty good, but it wasn't like amazing, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure he got better and stuff. We didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is unreal. Knocked yeah. my socks off good. He wasn't, yeah, back when, when we, what we read, he wasn't Ryan Otley yet. Right. This, this is Ryan Otley. Yeah, he wasn't at his full powers. My right. man is, he's Super Saiyan 4. He's Super Saiyan God. Ryan Otley came to play. And the thing is, I know for a fact that after five issues, it's going to be Phil Noto or some oh, other my you man, know, you're gonna person. Be luck- you're going to be lucky to get five issues. <laughs> you're right. And, and by the way, no, no shade at Phil Noto. I'm just saying it's not going to be Ryan Otley yeah. on the book. After a, f- a few issues, we all saw what happened with Spider-Man. <laughs> yep. He could not keep up with that pace. Um, but for however long it lasts, pretty nice. Uh, I got to say, too, Ryan Ollie is probably a better pick for Hulk than he is for Spider-Man. Just based on like what we saw for Invincible. That's a good point. The very, like... The physicality of yeah. Ryan Hartley's artwork definitely lends itself to the Hulk. Uh, I think if Pete were here, he would uh, find a way to kill you for suggesting that his favorite artist shouldn't be paired with his favorite uh, comic book character. But I think I agree with that. I don't care what Pete thinks. How about how about um, Ryan Hartley on like a like a Wolverine or or even in like a to a lesser degree maybe a Daredevil? I don't know about a Daredevil. But a Wolverine. Uh, a Wolverine, I could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's his stuff is so kinetic, and I could see how yeah. you would think that would work for Spider Man because Spider Man gets beat up all the time. But I think I think the thing with the Hulk and Wolverine is that they're violent, right? And and that's where I think Ryan Otley really hits it. Is he he? can show the violence on both sides so well. Yeah. I think that other than an event, there was no announcement that they could have made for Ryan Otley's debut at Marvel that would have been bigger than him on Spider-Man. But now that he's done it, I think Hulk is a tremendous fit. And I don't know that he would have... He wouldn't have been the right artist for Immortal Hulk because that's a... that, That book is a little different. Um, but for this, with Donny Cates, the king of memes, sure. The king of memes. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I did see in our Discord server there was some conversation about following up Al Ewing's thoughtful, um, you know, meditation on Hulk with you know the bro, the bro of comics, Donny Cates. Um, does that bother you at all? Oh, oh, I see. Um, it's interesting. I I am woefully um, under under what's the word? Under I guess under read on Immortal Hulk uh, by the the sheer concept of it. Um, I think 
you know, it, I don't think that was ever really going to last. You know, so I guess it doesn't bother me, but it does it does kind of speak to what we have sort of been complaining about of getting the Hulk back to a status quo. And I think Kate's is probably just as good as anybody else to do that. Yeah, um, I agree. I I don't personally mind Kate's coming on. Um, I think he I think he's talented, and I like his writing. And I don't think that you I don't think that you are gonna you're not gonna get Al Ewing level of thoughtfulness every every run on the character. I don't. Yeah. Now, if you said Rom V was writing Hulk okay. instead of where, where he is now, that, okay, yeah, because it, it, it feels like he could do, look at what he's doing on Swamp Thing. It makes yeah. perfect sense. I I wonder, I I mean, I know the, uh, the audience response and the critical response to Immortal Hulk is really, really good. Yeah. Is there negative backlash to it at all? Do you know? No. I've, I have never seen a negative comment about Immortal Hulk. I, mean, I guess I was just wondering if there are, like, Hulk fanboys who just want to see him, you know, be green and be mad and just beat the shit out of stuff. I'm sure there are. I don't, and, 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 and quite frankly, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that, no. you know, you're, you're always going to look. There are people who don't like the X-Men right now. There are people who don't yep. like Krakoa. They want the X-Men, the mutants, to go back to the status quo. And, you know, you're going to get that. You're going to get that, whether it's after Inferno or the event after that or the event after that or whatever. You're going to get it eventually. So um, Immortal Hulk got 50 issues. I believe that is Al Ewing's choice mm. to kind of move forward because – he thought he was going to be done after six. Then he thought he was going to be done after yeah. 12. He got 50. That's yeah. In the modern era of comics, that's pretty darn good. Um, But you got to move on at some point. And I hope elements of Al Ewing's run are, are maintained because you hope that these characters can grow and evolve and bake in uh, something from the, the previous writer. But if if that's not the case, that's not Don, Donnie Kate's responsibility. You know, yeah. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. I also think a horror take on a character like the Hulk honestly probably can't last. Exactly. Right. You can't just that. I, look, you can do whatever you want, but I don't think that that is the future of the Hulk. Yeah. I don't know that Marvel wants that to be the way the Hulk is depicted generally. And I think if they did, Rom V would have been writing the Hulk. I like it, that, that's very clear to me. Yeah, because yeah. you could—they're moving the deck chairs around like they always do. Mm-hmm. Donny Cates is leaving Venom, jumping on Hulk, and now Venom will have a new writer, and Hulk will have a new writer. If they wanted, Rom V easily writes Hulk, and Donny Cates can do anything he wants. He has the keys at Marvel right now. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, we will get a sneak peek at this in uh, uh, in the free comic book day uh, Avengers Hulk book on August 14th. Uh, so you can see a little bit of that then. Um, it'll be interesting again to see how much of the Al Ewing run is maintained in this series. Um, yeah. But 
I, I do want to talk about the other announcement coming from Marvel, which is the new Venom series. Uh, we teased it. It's it's Rom V on Venom. It's also Al Ewing and Brian Hitch on. Okay, on Venom. all right. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, Al Ewing seemed he he generally does really well with space stuff and it seemed well and just based on the the images we've seen from this announcement it's going to be a space venom thing um my 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 initial reaction to this in the discord when somebody somebody posted it was uh space venom huh again right and and then i was thinking about it venom's an alien he does come from space. You know, it's not it's, it's not unreasonable. <laughs> it's hilarious because Venom comes from space, but I don't associate him with space on any level. At all. Never have. And when he was uh, a member of the Guardians at some point, I was like, what the, why? Like, yeah. This is so random and weird. But it, I guess. As weird as Kitty Pride being a member of the Guardians. like, Please. I wish you would never have said that. I, I <laughs> blocked that out of my brain. That Bendis Guardians run was just weird. Um, but uh, I – okay. So Al Ewing has been – you know, he's doing well. Um, I think that anything space, he is the – the uh, he's the space guy at Marvel right now. That's yep. that's what that's his role over there for the time being. He's the real um, space case. <laughs> oh god. I don't know how much of this he's actually going to be writing. Yeah. I think Rom V is going to be doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, I think I think Al is probably going to end up doing the the plotting. Right. You know, pointing pointing Rom V in the direction and then letting him uh take it. To your point, this is what Rom V had to say. He said, when my editors at Marvel reached out about taking on Venom alongside Al Ewing and Brian Hitch, I was not prepared for the kind of creative thrill it has been ever since. This story is going to expand and push the symbiote narrative and lore in even more unexpected and fantastic directions. It is also an utter thrill having this sort of call and response mechanic I've had with a writer like Al and an artist of Brian's caliber. Fans and new readers strap in, you ain't seen nothing yet. So the call and response gives me the idea that, um, you know, Al Ewing is making the call. Ron V is doing the response. That's that's how I'm reading it. Well, and it makes me think that Al Ewing is, though he is doing the plotting, it sounds like he's going to be incredibly active as opposed to, you know, just kind of handing Ron V a couple of paragraphs. Yeah and making him do everything it sounds like it'll be a lot more collaborative than this uh scenario usually is yeah i i i just feel like you got a writer whose name is more and more relevant in rom v and maybe it's because i you know we interviewed him and we're really into him so maybe i'm overthinking how popular he is right now but I just feel like if you got that, if you have Rom V, you put him on something a little bigger than Venom. But maybe I'm underestimating how big Venom is. I or don't it's know. gonna be. Or it's gonna be. Sure. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting that they've got him co-writing it as well. Like, you know, he's got, like we said, he's got so much of the hot, hot hand. Yeah. He doesn't really need Al Ewing to help him carry a story. Nope. Um, so. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. But, hey, congrats to him. Um, I'm sure the book will be good. Rom hasn't missed yet. Uh, we will get a sneak peek at this on Free Comic Book Day as well in Marvel's Spider-Man Venom uh, Free Comic Book Day issue. I'm not as excited about this as I am the Hulk book, even though I'm more excited about Rom V's work overall than I am for Donny Cates at this particular point. Hmm. I think I would go for Venom. Because of the strength of the creative team. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for Al Ewing and, and Rom V for sure. I mean, I'd show up for Al Ewing. On Venom? I mean, Al Ewing in space. I figure if Al Ewing's on it, he might have something to, you know, put down. Yeah. I get. I would never have picked up a Venom ongoing... Okay, I did it once. I did it for Rick Remender, <laughs> but that was because it was yeah. Rick Remender. Yeah. Um, and that was real, 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 real good. Um, you're not sure which run that was? I was going to ask, yeah, because I might have read that as well. That was um, that was Agent Agent Venom. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read some of that. Yeah, I, I actually also picked that up. Very surprised. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was a fan of Rick Remender, which I still am. He's the greatest, and uh, you know, I thought I thought Agent Venom was like, eh, I don't know, but I'm gonna give it a chance. We'll see how this works out. Um, I was pleasantly surprised, so maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised here. It's not that I don't think that these creators can do a great job. It's just that I'm a little Venomed out right now. A little bit Venomed out. We've got a movie coming, so. And I'll be watching it <laughs> in theaters at that. Uh, something I am desperately wanting in my veins is Marvel's Inferno. Uh, so we're getting an Inferno title. We talked about that. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when, when X-Men 20 came out and we got that that big tease at the end of it. That was last um, week. Was it last? It was last, last week. week. Yeah, that was last X-Men week. X-Men 20 came out last week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, because X-Men 21 comes out next week. Sure. Okay. Um. So Marvel spilled the beans a little bit on what we can expect. Uh, they gave us a teaser synopsis for Inferno. There will be an island, not the first, but the last, which is, of course, Destiny's quote. Uh, Destiny's foreboding words have stuck with Mystique and fans since the very beginning of the Age of Krakoa. Now, a day of reckoning is upon mutant kind's leaders, and the shocking payoff to seeds planted in House of X and Powers of X arrives in mastermind writer Jonathan Hickman's brand new X-Men series, Inferno. Promises were made and broken. The rulers of Krakoa have been playing a dangerous game with a dangerous woman, and they're about to see how badly that can burn them. Having been denied her wishes yet again, Mystique is ready to blow or to follow through on her promise to burn the nation of Krakoa to the ground. Mutantkind's bright future is threatened like never before as Hickman brings his game-changing plans to a head. Fans can expect more revelations from the lives of Moira McTaggart, Nimrod's Revenge, 
vicious power plays, and more in this pivotal chapter in X-Men history. Come on. Along that, alongside that, you know it's real if we get that Mark Brooks artwork. Mm -hmm. This fucking Caravaggio painting of a a teaser image. I don't know what Caravaggio means, but I know what X-Men means, and this, this is hot. This so for those of you who have been along for the ride since day one, you'll remember the House and Powers teasers that they put out with the Mark Brooks art, and in it we saw uh, all the you know the major players, and there was one where like Nightcrawler was inviting someone, presumably the reader, to a seat at the table, and we now know that that was essentially like the Quiet Council, mm-hmm. um, and. It, it was really cool, right? We got another Mark Brooks, I believe, for Ten of Swords. This very much harkens back to House and Powers um, in terms of the the people that are present and kind of the fact that we're supposed to get stuff out of this image. So uh, pull, you should definitely pull this image up. You should definitely check it out. I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about what's in it. So we see Moira X and Professor X sitting on the the bench, meant to echo the bench that they uh, initially met on in uh, House of Powers. But they're looking away from each other and they look distressed, I would say. Something's wrong in their relationship. They're not as happy with each other as they once were. It's the vibe I get. Um, Emma Frost and Magneto... They look like they've got something on their mind. They look like they're working on something. Uh, They've got an idea in their heads. I'm not sure that it's something that they're working on together, but I think they're plotting. Uh, Mystique has Destiny's helmet in her hands. It's worth noting. Yeah. That that is huge. It's also worth noting that Magneto's in his his black costume as well. He's in his black costume. That he's been in. He's in his black costume, and we know he'll be in his black costume in the trial of of Magneto. So, uh, we see Kitty Pride is looking back at Sebastian Shaw, who is standing. That could just be because of the the the, the you know uh, an artistic choice, but we know that Shaw is wheelchair bound. Yeah. So, but she's looking back at him, giving me the impression that she's still thinking about what he did to her. He killed her. Huh. Um, and her fists are up too. And if if you remember, she got the finger tats. That's a that's a uh, kill Shaw. Right. Exactly. Um. Uh. Uh. What's his name? Uh. Sinister and Exodus are not happy with each other. Sinister is pointing at Exodus in an accusatory manner. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's pointing at Exodus in an accusatory manner. Standing between Exodus are Storm and uh, Proteus. Don't really get much out of them. I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily know that they are connected. Exodus and and Sinister? No, Storm and uh, Proteus. Proteus, yeah. Um, I kind of just think they're the best ones to go in the air, and so... They had to have a place somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, oh, what's the kid's name who can talk to Krakoa? Doug. 
Doug, <laughs> Doug Ramsey. Yes. And his wife. Cypher? Who's, uh, no, his C- name is Cypher. Sorry. His name is Cypher, yeah. Her name, I can't recall. She's still a, a she. I don't even know that I've seen her since no. uh, Ten of Swords. Oh, yeah, we um, haven't seen Doug either, have we? I, I haven't. He might be in New Mutants, but oh, okay. I, I haven't. Um, he's holding on to her as he's kind of scared, and she's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, because pretty much all the other characters are looking at something with fear. There's a threat. Yeah. Um, Psylocke, Bishop, Cyclops, and Magic are all basically ready to go to deal with whatever this threat is that they're looking at as Wolverine, uh, Gambit, uh, Jean, and... um, and, uh, Sorry? Havoc. And Havoc have all been taken out by whatever this is, presumably. So this is really cool. It's not Mystique. Mystique is in the shot. So, assuming that it's not anyone in this image, who's the threat? Nimrod? Can you see an image in the reflection of Destiny's helmet? No. You can't? No. Can you? I'm one... I'm, it, it looks like it might have a shape, which leads me to believe it could be Nimrod. It could very well be, you know, art technique. Uh, you know, just fancy lighting and shading and stuff, but it 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 does have like a almost a cyborg look to it. You know, there are two sort of the, if you think of the Nimrod face, it's got kind of the the wider portion on top, and then it comes down to a point where the chin is, and then there's a a light sort of in the center of where that image would be. But I just kind of assume that's light to kind of obscure it. Yeah, but I'd also point out i think onslaught has a fairly similar design in like the the helmet region yeah 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 interesting so i think it's worth pointing out that uh this book is called inferno and the character most associated with that event is madeline Pryor, the goblin queen so the idea that it could be her is not far-fetched at all, in my opinion. Um, she is not... She hasn't been resurrected. In order for her to return, the five would have to bring her back, presumably. Yeah. Why would they ever do that? No reason. Um, is she a telepath? She's a clone of Jean, right? So. Oh, yeah, I suppose. What if she's Onslaught? Hmm. Okay, I mean, that would be interesting because you can, I mean, you can do whatever you want, right? Onslaught is the combination of Magneto and Professor Xavier, but maybe. Um, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, uh, he said the following, and this, this, is, this is so hype. He said, I'm very excited that we're finally getting to share with everyone the follow-up to House and Powers of X. The story is 160 pages over four issues, drawn exquisitely by Valerio Schiti, R.B. Silva, and Stefano Caselli. I cannot wait for people to read it. Come on. I'm in. 160 pages is oversized for each one of them. 40 issues each. 
40 pages. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, 40 pages. <laughs> 40 issues each. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> With that. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I wish Pepe Larraz was there. I yeah. really do. But, of course, he is doing X-Men with Jerry Duggan. So, he's a bit busy. Um, but Valerio's busy, too. He's doing S.W.O.R.D. So. Uh, he might not be. Maybe Yeah, maybe not for long. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, I, I think that if you're not reading X-Men right now, please write in. Please let me know why. I need, I need to know why. Why are you not invested in the biggest thing that's happening at Marvel right now? Um, man, I, I, I was hyped for this. That they're calling it the follow-up to House and Powers. And we're going to see more from Moira. Has got me 100% sold. I have had exactly two complaints. Like, primary gripes about this era of, of X-Men. One is that we have had too much time between relevant events and i don't mean events in the sense of like a comic book event but relevant events in terms of things happening that matter yeah um too 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 long in between that and um the fact that all the other books other than jonathan hickman written books don't feel important um they haven't been given enough to do and they very much feel like the filler in between the next time Jonathan Hickman is going to shake things up. Yeah. I, we've also talked about the, um, the blanked out information in the, um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, the additional pages. Yeah. The the, infographics, the infographics, um, and how it doesn't feel like anything is being revealed. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I think that that is, I think you said it. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with it. Um, it's very frustrating. I could look past that. Yeah. For the sake of the other things being fixed. Yeah. The fact that we're getting uh, the Hellfire Gala now, which, I, I, spoilers, I thought that the Marauders issue was good. Um, and it intrigued me further for the event. We're getting Trial of Magneto, which is going to run the summer. And then right after that, we're getting Inferno. And then, of course, we don't know what's coming after that. But Higman, spoiler alert, doesn't have a book after Inferno. And you know he ain't done writing. So that's what we need. We need that steady pace of Hickman-led drama to drive the story. And even if Hickman isn't leading it, at least it's something that's driving the narrative forward. I guarantee you Trial of Magneto is going to be relevant. It has to be. It has to be. Um, but also, I think that there was a, a bit more information that we missed in this, um, and that's that Trial of Magneto is – Magneto kills someone, right? And presumably, things continue on after the Hellfire Gala. So that tells me that Mystique, her gambit is not in Hellfire Gala. Whatever she's going to do. Her major move doesn't take place there. That was a question mark that we had on the show uh, last week, and I think we've got our answer on that front now. As much as we can without right. spoiling it anyway. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, 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 I'm excited. 
I, I can't wait. This is the summer of X, almost even more than the year House and Powers came out. Yeah, and that was the summer of X. That yeah. Do you think when is uh, one of the big Comic Cons? San Diego is they moved it. San Diego's in November. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. And yeah, YCC uh, okay. is in October. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I wonder if they're gonna announce anything uh, over the summer for thinking of the Comic Con specifically, right. um, but. I mean, they'll be if this you know holds up, and Inferno Number One comes out in September. They may well, but it won't matter then. You know what? It's interesting because it it depends on how big Inferno is. Yeah. Because Inferno could be so big that by the time New York Comic Con rolls around, they actually can't talk about the future. Yeah. You know, because we won't have read everything. Well, to be fair, we don't know the release cadence. It could be one issue per week, like House and Powers was. I believe it was like that. Um, and if that's the case, it could resolve by the time New York Comic Con has come and gone. That's true. Four issues, roughly. Yeah. yeah. And, and each one being drawn by a different artist, so you're not waiting for work to be done. And presumably, because of uh, COVID, they're probably ahead on all of this. So, um, it's it's very possible to your point that we do get information about the future come NYCC, definitely by San Diego. Uh, I'm excited. I'm hyped. I, I couldn't be more hyped. Last week I talked a little bit about. Um, I don't even remember if it was last week. We do these shows every week. Everything blends in. I've been saying how Marvel has kind of been uh, dry for me lately. This is what I need, you know. Um, the X Men are what are what keeps me grounded in my Marvel fandom, and I hope that they can spread some of this type of excitement out across the rest of their books. But if they don't, it doesn't matter because I am here for this X Men stuff. We got the X Men. Exactly. And if you're here for the X-Men stuff, you should absolutely write in and talk to us about your excitement for these books. Uh, and you can talk to us about anything else you feel like talking about as well. Uh, we've we've got uh, lots of cool stuff for you guys to check out. Make sure that you go and listen to our reviews this week. Uh, this conversation has an ellipsis on it because we've got our review of Marauders, which is, of course the first portion of the Hellfire Gala event. Um, and it, it, it takes place in a way that you really, really need to see this book and also all the other ones. I, like, you really do. Don't wait for planet-sized X-Men. Uh, you have to read Marauders 21. But... Uh, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Check us out on social at thecomicspals, wherever you check your social media out. Uh, if you are so inclined to help us out, leave us a follow on your podcast hosting platform of choice. Uh, leave us a like, a rating, and a review. If you happen to listen to this show on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like the video, share it with your friends, drop a comment, 
All those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Join our Discord server, a link to which is in the description. Uh, we're always having a great time over there. And uh, we use spoiler tags. Not always, but we try. And uh, so you don't have to worry about being spoiled for any of the conversations over there. And I'm pretty confident you'll have a good time. If you're a listener of this podcast, our Discord is a place I think you can call home. So come hang out with us over there and listen to our book clubs. We've got a whole truckload of them. Uh, and we're doing more. Our year is uh, not done when it comes to book clubs. And we're still taking submissions uh, for even into next year in terms of listener requests. So if you've got a book you want us to do, write in. Let us know. We're open. Kale, plugs. You can find me at Toto Into. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W on Twitter and Instagram. I said that backwards. You can find my work at kaleward.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. You can find Pete at loud underscore Pete. You can find Pete's band, Friend Friend Time Time. Uh, No, uh, Long Friend Time Friend. They're releasing a a vinyl that you can pre-order. It's 25 bucks, uh, but they're cool-ass vinyls. And I looked into it. You can title the vinyl whichever song you like from their album uh cool uh go buy that support the band make them blow up make them blow up so pete doesn't have to be here anymore make pete so busy that he just can't be here anymore do that with me that's happening now oh damn you're right oh yeah because he's at a concert Ah, yes my goal is coming coming true one by one uh you find marco at mr marco animoto uh tell him about nasty anime or something uh and you can find phil at cyborg bebop that's c-y-b-o-r-g-b-e-b-o-p there you go uh as for me i'm on twitter and instagram only at sean soapbox Hit me up to talk about how you feel Kale and I did this week. This is our first time, I think, no, doing the not. show. Oh, it's not. No, yeah, we did, jeez. Uh, oh, yeah, you're last, right. Last year we did, we almost did a whole tokusatsu-themed uh, theme show. That's what I remember about it. You're right. That was fun, yeah. Uh, but let us know what you, how you think we did. Uh, at this point, I think I've done the show with every pal, just us. Um, this, yeah. I, I, That's probably true, uh, yeah. Yeah, which what pairing do you like the most? Also, uh, for those who care about my gaming, I'm on God of War now, uh, the most recent God of War. So, oh, interesting. Working how, through that. Yeah. How do you like being a dad? It's awesome. It's uh, I always knew I would be a great dad. Not that I am in God of War, because in God of War, I let my son get his ass kicked by trolls and all manner of baddies because I need him to. Eat the punches while I slash them with my axe. The joys of parenthood. And with that, we're the Comics Pile signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time.